Hello, welcome to the Cosmic Eye Show. I'm your host, Jason Napolitano, and I have uh, my co-host on, Mr. Chris Sheridan. He is on the line and raring to go, right? right raring to go. Like, raring a herd, to go. like a herd of crickets. Yeah. <laughs> like a herd of crickets, which we may or may not hear in the background as we go. I heard him. I heard that herd of crickets. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So enjoy them. Yeah. They will, they will help you. Add it. They'll add a level of zen. Well, just imagine you're in a Japanese zen garden with some nice crickets if you hear them in the background. That'll, that'll help you. So today we are talking from Manly Hall's pamphlet. This is a lecture he gave. <clears throat> Excuse me. Originally, um, it's part of his book, Search for Reality. Am I correct about that? This came out of Search for Reality, right? Or it was it is. together into a book. Yeah, Search for Reality basically is a compilation, an anthology of 10... Uh, like themed lectures that yeah. he gave, and these are the full transcripts of the lectures. And but they were curated and, and put together in this larger sense, you know, search for reality. So, all right. So this one though that we're looking at is called Wisdom, uh, Wisdom Beyond the Mind, and it's part three from Search for Reality. So uh, that's a great book, and this also is a great pamphlet. So check it out if you get a chance, Mr. Manley P. Hall. Uh, so today, mainly, like I said, we're going to be we're going to be diving into this little pamphlet, and we're going to be talking about I- intuition for the most part. Um, you know, the sort of subtitle of this book on the uh, on the first page: "Wisdom Beyond the Mind: The Value of Internal Directive." Uh, the value of internal directive. So he's talking really about that intuition within us, and we're going to talk a little bit about the difference between intuition and imagination, and how can you know. Um, if your intuition is true, we're going to talk about the, the, the value of it and how you can apply it and, uh, and some other different things as well. So we will jump right in in one moment. Uh, I just want to thank everyone for joining us each week here on Sunday on the Cosmic Eye Show. We appreciate you guys showing up. Uh, also join us on Friday for our Emmett Fox Friday show where we uh, go through his book, Find and Use Your Inner Power. Those are a little bit shorter shows. Our Sunday shows, of course, are a bit longer and a bit more in-depth. I think we'll be a, kind of brief tonight. Uh, this this is a good subject, but we want to kind of stick to some main points, so we're going to try to keep it pretty brief. Uh, but there's going to be a lot of great stuff, so so stay with us. Uh, thank you again for joining us. Um, my book is If You Can Worry, You Can Meditate. Chris's book is The Spirit in the Sky. Both of those are available on Amazon.com. If you want to support us, please do. We're at anchor.fm slash cosmic eye, and you can give a donation there. Uh, check out Chris's website at chrissheridan.com and check out cosmiceye.org if you want more information or to get a hold of us. Um, all right, so let's get into this thing. I'm just going to start by reading the very first paragraph of this because he really does a, a nice, uh, concise job of kind of really contextualizing where we're going and really what we're talking about. And I, I love to read Manly Hall. So, although we are not worshipers of history, historical records do give us certain insight into immediate problems. We know that wherever leadership or direction diminishes in society, we have a rise of mysticism, which is primarily the search for an internal directive, an internal directive that's otherwise known as intuition. While things go well in our general living and common everyday attitudes seem to be sufficient, we are inclined to drift. No one seems to want to work harder than he has to mentally or physically, but when leadership, which constitutes the broad directive of the people, is confused, or passes into autocratic or despotic hands so that the security of the individual is threatened, the man is forced to reassume leadership over himself. 
we can read one more sentence because this one is really quite apt, I think, for, for some of the times we're living in. No tyranny has yet been devised by which the individual can be prevented from calling upon his own internal powers and resources. So really what he's getting at, setting, setting this whole thing up, is how to find that direct and directing force and that intuitional power with, within yourself, which can help you to guide your, your own life. So that you don't need external forces to to tell you what to do, essentially. So what do you, I mean, kind of he makes the contrast and he talks about how you know when society's running well and things are just and you know there's order and justice and 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 um, you know fair leadership and so on. You know, most of the time we don't think about this and we don't really need to rely on ourselves that greatly because the external culture does it. You know, certainly cultures have done this. You know, Rome during its Republic period, you know, before it was an imperial power, and Greece at the height of its um, uh, d- democratic periods, and so on. You know, in the golden, gold, and its golden age period, which is written about, and so on. But it's you know, whole pre, pre you know, the Hellenic times, but pre uh, pre Alexander, and so on. So, uh, you know, those were those were times where society was was fairly just in the Western world, and you know, those in those places, if you were in those places. You could trust that you were going to live a fairly, fairly uh, positive and constructive life if you just followed the rules and regulations about you. Uh, but you know, when you live in a time where there's more challenge in the outside world and less leadership, and one could argue, I think that um, maybe we live in a time like that. What do you think? I mean, do you think this is appropriate for now? It's very relevant, even yeah. though it's you know, sixty years. Uh, but he's also, of course, you know, talking about very long time, long standing things that have happened. And he's talking about this cycle of, yeah, yeah things are good. Maybe things really don't even have, this is my two cents, maybe they don't have to be really good. But they do have to be sufficiently satisfying or distracting to really want to go up against the powers that be or something like that. Sure. It's when they're sense. inadequate. Uh, to your needs or wrong in some way or tyrannical, yeah. you know, yeah. oppressive, um, you know, that there's this tendency to look from within because you're not getting it from the without. So I would say we're definitely in a time, uh, but I don't know if we're in a time where people kind of realize that mm. we, there's a lot of, you know, waking up, uh, so to speak, to things that are you know, unjust, but most of the things that I've heard recently are, are things that, you know, are, they've been long time, you know, issues. I think they're getting a little more attention now and maybe some more um, acceptance and, and more healing. Mm-hmm. But it seems like the response, uh, a little different from what Manley Hall is saying, I don't know if we're naturally responding that way. That may be happening. You know, there may be a, that may be happening kind of in the undercurrent. Mm-hmm. Um, it, or maybe happening just, and we don't know it um, yet. But what seems to be happening now is very similar situation, but the response is then to tear everything down and then put in some other system, mm. other external thing, which is not moving towards the internal directive. I think this is what we really desperately need right now. Uh, because that's, that's really point, where yeah. the, the solution is. And collectively, I, you know, at least in the immediate and in the public consciousness, uh, that doesn't seem to be 
where we're headed. But yeah. I think what's going, this is probably a process, what's going to happen is that, yes, we rage against this machine and we tear down that structure and then we put in place this new one. Once we find out that, oh, <laughs> that one's not working either yeah. um, after doing all that work, um, that, okay, now maybe we should turn within. So maybe there's another step involved or maybe there's two things going on at once. And I would like to think that a lot of people, I would like to hope that a lot of people, and certainly that's what we're doing and what we're talking about, yeah. is turning within and finding this leadership that no one can give you and no one can take take away, and it can't be diminished by an yeah. external force. Exactly, and uh, that's a great point. It can't be, it can't be taken away, it can't be diminished by an external force. That's huge, and I think that's, uh, you know, that's one of the the challenges too with. Um, you know, with, with self-leadership, with these internal directives, with, you know, discovering intuition within uh, is, you know, it's twofold. One, you know, we, we it's easier to try to rail against what's going on in the outside world um, and then just think that by changing this one or that one in leadership, you know, that's going to make all the difference. Um, you know, and, and also at the same time, it doesn't mean that, you know, you don't take actions in the outside world to try to change things. It doesn't mean that you're just sitting around, you know, meditating, uh, you know, to try to change things or praying things into change. And not that that doesn't have help or work. Those things are very powerful and they do make changes. Uh, but, you know, oftentimes we do need to get out into the world and do a certain amount of work. You know, we're going to do some social work or volunteer somewhere or we want to get politically involved and so on. But what he's really, really talking about is, you know, in order not to make the same mistakes or to, to fall into what you're talking about, where you just recreate another problematic set of or problematic leadership, you know, that, that is, you know, fraught with the same issues that you just got got rid of, for example, um, you know, that you have to really work on yourself first, in essence, to make sure that you're that your that your thoughts are clear, that your actions are, are motivated for the right reasons, uh, and so on. And that's really the main the main um, sort of point of this entire lecture in this pamphlet, you know, that he that, he, that, he, that we're reading from. Uh, but the, the lecture subject was really about trying to understand uh, the difference between uh, intuition first of all, and, and imagination. And, you know, he kind of makes this very uh, clear distinction between the two because he talks about, you know, we may have this sort of vague uh, fantasy in our mind that, you know, we're some sort of a savior to the world or that, you know, we have this idea and if people would just listen to us, you know, we'd, you know, we'd have, you know, we're armchair quarterbacking basically as they, they used to say. You know, we, we have all these answers to all these problems. And, you know, if we could just find our right world world platform, we'd be able to solve all these problems so much better than everyone else that's that's out there working on stuff. And, you know, he's saying, really, you know, look, work on yourself first, get in touch with, you know, intuition and understand what's the difference between your intuition, which is, a you know, uh, sort of a true you know, sort of visionary experience that's moving you in a direction that, you know, the, the, the divine mind is putting into you and wants you to, wants you to follow through with versus, you know, some sort of 
compensatory sort of imagination because a wish for fulfillment Freud might have called it a sort of wish fulfillment dream or something like that where by because your own life is you feel like you're powerless and you're imagining how you know if you were in charge or if only your you know candidate were the one that won or you know i if i could just start this amazing thing i could change the world and you have real you know no real evidence of that and you're not really working on anything and you haven't really put it to the test at all, you know, then it's probably one of these wish fulfillment things. But if, you know, you've got evidence where you're actually doing good work in your own life and you've got this vision of, you know, say building a center or something where you want to, you know, teach people, you know, mindfulness or something. I don't know. I'm just thinking off the top of my head. Um, and maybe you want to include, uh, you know, some sort of overnight element to it and it's got yoga and so whatever you've got this vision for this giant center maybe out in the middle of the woods or something but you're actually doing that work you know you're teaching and you're you're actively engaged online and you're you know you're you're saving up and soliciting contributions for it and you know there's a whole thing that's going on trying to make that thing happen that's you know that's one thing but if you're kind of sitting around in your mom's basement, you know, dreaming about how you're going to start a new religion that's going to save the world, but you don't really talk to anybody and you're not really very charismatic and nobody really likes you and you don't really even have very any, any unique or, or new ideas, you know, you may be fooling yourself, right? So he, he goes into a great deal of, of, of speaking about that. Why don't you talk a little bit about that as, as well, just to you know, I kind of set it up, but maybe go a little deeper into the difference between, you know, intuition and, I'm sorry, uh, between imagination and, and what he calls vision. Okay, well, let me just tag on what you had just kind of ended with and hopefully yeah. move in that uh, direction. Uh, is I, I think the technical term is slacktivist, where you're, you know, oh, well, instead of like actively that. doing something, you're just sort yeah. of tweeting about it or complaining about it and thinking, well, I like this tweet or I you know yeah hearted so this i uh, did my part you know, yeah. live stream video yeah, yeah. that uh you know i'm doing my part it's yeah that's that could be uh fooling yourself and it's uh really clearly laid out i'm going to just quote from from the man mr hall himself interior leadership represents a comparatively high degree of mental and emotional organization if we wish to have true interior guidance we must to some degree earn this right and privilege so it's the work maybe isn't in doing the work the work it seems like primarily at least initially is working on oneself so make mm -hmm. sure that you are disciplined and you can detect you know what is maybe a true intuitive insight or maybe what is just an, an impulse from within or a habit or uh, maybe just an emotional imaginal fantasy that comes yeah. up yeah. you know and um so yes he and with that you know he's talking about <clears throat> this difference um between intuition and really just what's imagination because it's very easy to say well i just imagined this and therefore it's true and and let's go do it if that's that sort of slacker uh, version of uh interior experience yeah, that we have to then, oh, okay, well, I have this idea or this thought. Let's put it to the test, just in your mind first. You know, is this good? Is this right? Will this help other people? Is this in line with universal law? Is this harmonious? 
mm. to my relationships. Yeah. Um, because you can imagine just about anything and any one of us, I think, no matter how peaceful and wonderful and loving and compassionate uh, we are, we, you know, we all have angry, you know, imagery or, sure. you know, in traffic or, you know, and, and usually for the most part, they kind of come and go and they're just, yeah, whatever. You're just, yeah, next. Um, but I think we can really fool ourselves. I think the work um, is not to be overlooked in making ourselves a better instrument for using these internal directives, yeah, it's not just oh, I have something from the inside, or well, this internal thing is better than that internal vision. It's like who's doing the visioning? Who's then processing this vision and putting it into action? And that's the individual. That's you. And to do that, there is discipline. Uh, there is some level of training. And you mentioned a few. There's meditation. There are spiritual practices. There are levels and steps uh, to certain traditions where you must sort of master one or be very familiar, just like in school <laughs> before mm -hmm. moving on uh, yeah. to the next subject. There's probably no royal shortcut. And we can at some point talk about, uh, you know, psychedelics or things like that, that, wow, I might have this intuitive insight and I felt we're all one and I felt the love and the harmony and the compassion. And mm -hmm. that, that may actually really, really be true. And what a wonderful thing to experience. Um, but it doesn't like end there when the trip's over. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah um, You have to practice that in your everyday life. Yeah. So these are directives. They are not the end. They are the direction and the motivation pointed in a certain area of emphasis um, that then you follow up with action. So we're really talking, you know, a directive. Um, yeah, that's a good point. And that, you know, that's, it's, it's different than just, you know, some sort of hunch. I think sometimes, you know, especially when we're younger and we're, you know, trying to get our bearings and stuff and we're still building our character and so on. You know, we think that everything we want to do is an intuition, you know, it's like, you know, oh, you're going to hear this, you know, kind of advice, which is, it's not, it's not, it's good advice. I mean, like Joseph Campbell's advice, follow your bliss, for example. And so, you know, you get a lot of younger people thinking, well, just whatever I think is fun in any moment or whatever, I, you know, makes me joyful or happy or, you know, that's my bliss and that's what I need to do. And it's like, that's one part of it. I mean, you know, that's, that's, that we definitely need to get in touch with that and following your bliss is a great thing, but following your bliss doesn't mean that you're not going to have trials. It doesn't mean that, you know, you're not going to have challenges and it doesn't mean that you're not going to have to break through some, some of your own, issues in order to get to where you want to go and stuff and i sometimes think people think well oh that was you know that was my intuition to go in this direction and then you know then it became not fun or it became a you know difficult or i ran up against a brick wall or something so i'm just going to give up and move on to another intuition and so that's one of the things where you've got to kind of develop your character as well and understand what the difference is you know between sort of what my ego wants to do and what is a genuine directive or internal directive or a real vision or intuition. Um, you know, and one of the things Manly Hall points out is, is, is what you talked about a little bit earlier, touched on the idea of like kind of applying it, testing it out, applying it and testing it out. So let's say you have this intuition uh, to do something, you know, and it's, it's a, let's say it's, it's, it's big. Um, 
you know, to try to build some kind of large organization or something like that. And you see yourself as the leader of this thing or something. Well, you've got to, you know, you've got to test that out. I mean, if you're not even doing the, you know, the, you know, the thing that you want to be doing, um, you know, it's very difficult to tell whether or not that is actually something that's a clear intuition or directive um, until you're actually kind of engaged in it. And yes, you know, you can do it internally, like you were talking about, you know, to kind of really get down to the nuts and bolts of it, make sure it's clear, make sure it's something, you know, that, that really is for you and you've got some sort of experiential knowledge of. But then to really kind of put it into practice and see, like, so example, if, if you think you're, you want to be a spiritual teacher, for example, you, you know, and Manley Hall talks about this quite a bit in a lot of his work, um, you know, but you're not really doing that and you don't really know how to do it and you haven't really studied that much, but you've, you know, you've read a couple of spiritual books or you just feel like you're a spiritual person, but you don't really have a very clear understanding of where you want to go with it and things like that. I mean, that, that might be more of a, you know, a hunch or something that your, your ego is telling you. Or something. I'm not saying it isn't a true intuition, only... Only time and application, I think, will really tell. And that's really what he's talking about, is to, to you know, be clear and consistent and look at the things um, with a sharp eye, try them out and see and be honest in terms of the feedback that you get once you start start on your mission, for example. See how other people respond to it. If other people are really into it and want to, you know, want to want to get involved with it and seem to respond to it. Um, you know, you're probably moving in the right direction. There's those rare opportunities or times, you know, too, when you're, you know, you're ahead of the curve and people just don't understand what you're doing. And, you know, and you've had this true intuition and, you know, it's, you know, like, like Marconi trying to invent the radio or something. I thought he was insane, you know? So, so oftentimes, you know, if we do have a true intuition, you know, it may be out there a little bit and you, you may need to, you know, you may need more time to, to get the world to accept that thing. But if it's a true, you know, if it's a true directive, an internal directive, you won't let it go. It'll, you know, it'll wake you up at night. It'll keep mm -hmm. you moving forward, right? So it's not like that thing's going to let you go. You know, you don't have to worry about it. A true That's one of the things about true intuitions and real directives. It's almost like with... Um, you know, Jonah is trying to get away from God's call. God's telling Jonah to go to Nineveh and preach to them. And he doesn't want to go, you know, so he's trying to go the other way. In fact, he gets on a boat going in the opposite direction. And, you know, there's storms and all this stuff. And, and they, you know, they're, the sailors are trying to figure out what the hell's going on. They know somebody's God is pissed off and they're trying to figure it out. And finally it comes out and Jonah's honest about it and tells them what's going on. They, they actually are, are pretty sympathetic and, he, you know, but they, they reluctantly end up throwing him overboard and he washes, you know, and he gets he gets inside the belly of the fish and ends up washing, you know, you know that he's in there three days and he ends up washing on the shore of Nineveh. And then he goes and does his preaching, but he's fighting it the whole time. You know what I mean? So there's a, there's an element of destiny oftentimes or fate that's involved with um, with true intuition. You kind of can't get away from it. So if there's something like that in your life that keeps coming up and keeps coming up, there's a good chance that that's a, that's an intuition, that's an internal directive. Um, that's a great telling of the Jonah story, and thank you for that. It's you know everybody knows, hey Jonah, you got swallowed by a whale. Like okay, that's not really the beginning, that's not really the end. 
that's just a little part in the middle and yeah uh, he was uh, he was disloyal or just disobeying and we do that we you know deny or denounce um sometimes the things that are well he didn't think it was enough he he really did moses and you know a lot of people so it's a it's a challenge especially when your internal directive um whether it's you know comes through some intermediary or not uh seems bigger than you but if that's the case, then it's the larger you really within that is calling you yeah. to become more, not, you know, some other thing that you are, but the more that you already are, you're just not, you just haven't, you know, fired all the cylinders up, you know, it's not yeah, that it's not exactly. there or you have mm-hmm. to, you know, because it's something that already is there. It just has to unfold. Maybe it hasn't been matured like a, a bud on a plant, you know, that then becomes the flower and the seed or the fruit. Uh, but it's there. So I don't think also that you get an internal directive, you know, a true one. And if you can discern, even if it's big, even if it's kind of out of your wheelhouse, yeah. even if it's out of left field and going, what <laughs> you want me to do? What even it goes against yeah, your previous yeah. beliefs or opinions or something, you know, if it is that big and is that persistent, uh, and if you deny it and it keeps coming back like a boomerang, uh, then it's probably something to very much pay attention. It may have something to do with your soul part uh, unfolding and maturing into your destiny, into yeah. what you are really meant to do. So, um, yeah, these intuitive, that's a great uh, great way of looking at the uh, intuition uh, as being something that's, and, and like I was, I guess, suggesting is that we're not given something I think uh, it was Mother Teresa said, uh, I don't believe um, God gives us any challenge that we're unable to overcome. I just wish he didn't trust me so much. (laughs) Yeah, right. You know, so. Yeah. Yeah. um, Yeah. And and so the responsibility is as you take on more responsibilities, certainly your ability to take on larger responsibilities grows. And sometimes it may even seem like, like a burden, I'm sure at times, but you know, if it's yours to do and you keep the right attitude and, you you know, you keep in touch with the divine part of yourself and divine in the universe, you know, you, you, you'll, you'll, you'll make it through and find that joy and that work as time goes on, certainly. Um, you know, but I think one of the things that's that's kind of challenging sometimes is, is I think people may you know, have trouble kind of, uh, like we said, kind of discerning the difference between true intuition internal guidance and just hunches or desires that they have and one of the things manly hall pointed out was to really kind of look at your motivation to do that thing really kind of get try to get to the bottom of the motivation of why you want to do what you're intuiting you think you need to do or or what have you um and the other side of it is um is that, you know, oftentimes these intuitions that we have involve us trying to tell other people what to do. And he warns, you know, against maybe doing that too freely. He said, you know, and he makes the point that, you know, oftentimes you can have an intuition and sort of hold on to it and do a little more listening than you do talking at first and kind of see how receptive that person might be and see you know, and make sure that this information that you want to spring on them is actually going to help them. Because oftentimes our intuitions might be something for ourselves and not for that other person. 
it's you know it's it's activating something when it, within us even though we think it's them it's just us projecting our stuff onto them they don't even need to hear the stuff that we have it's for us you know so the more that we listen to them before we you know give them our intuitional advice or so on um you know the more we can make sure that that thing we're intuiting isn't something for ourselves um as opposed to for that person that we think it's for. Uh, do you know what I mean? I, I do. And he specifically goes into, um, you know, that you must be willing to try it on yourself. And he is an example of an old country doctor that uh, when these patent medicines would come out, um, he wouldn't prescribe any pill to somebody unless he not only was willing to take it himself, but actually took it himself. And he'd have the side effects and get sick for a couple of days or whatever. If he feels, well, this can't harm them too much, then, then he will prescribe it. And you can't ask somebody to do something you're not able to do or have more courage than you have or to do better than you're willing to do yourself. Yeah. That's, you know, now it could be both. If the intuitive insight is, oh, I have to go help David, uh, you know, with his uh, divorce problem or something like that. Oh, and I need to tell him to, uh, you know, move to move to Nineveh. How about that? Um, <laughs> and it's like, it's well, a great place to live. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the road getting there or the boat to Nineveh is not it's, a good uh, journey. Uh, it's, no, it's, uh... it's, it's a rough journey. And you're going to spend three days inside a big fish. But other than that, yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's a great place to get to. Uh, but if you uh, don't want to tell somebody to, you know, why don't you clean up your act a little bit and, you know, go to the gym, shaping up a little bit and, you know, eat a little bit better and get out there and be active more. It'd be good for you. Well, yeah. first of all, are you doing that? Yeah, exactly. And if you are, your intuitive insight or your wanting to help this other person out will be definitely backed up, not just by your words, but then you'll be a living demonstration of it. Yeah. Well, you know, Steve, I, you know, ever since I started taking vitamins and, you know, whatever, drinking tea instead of coffee in the afternoon, I've found I'm able to sleep better. You know, it's like yeah. helping yeah. from from it helping you. So. I like what you said. It may really be about something you need to do, um, but even if it is for somebody else, please try it out and don't, uh, you, you know, like speaking out of turn or out of your element if you're uh, suggesting somebody yeah. else do something that, that you're not already doing. Or that you're not even willing to do. I mean, that's, yeah. that's not even forget about whether or not you're doing it. But I, I think that's that's a real test is like, am I doing this thing that I'm suggesting for other people? Am I living this way that I think other people should live? And is it working? And is it working? Is it helping me? Is it making my life better and the people around me? Or am I just a terrible bore that everybody, you know, runs the other way when they see me coming because I'm trying to you know, preach all this stuff that I don't even do to, you know, to them. And so, you know, that kind of stuff has to be looked at. And, and I, I love that, that example that you brought up and that Manley Hall spoke of, that country doctor. And I think about, 
I was just as I was thinking about that, you know, you know, that was back in, you know, the, probably the early 1900s or something. I can't even imagine how many, how few medications there probably were at the time. Can you imagine if, if doctors were, were taking all the medications that, that that big pharma were sending out every month? My God, they wouldn't they wouldn't last a week. So, you know, so that advice that advice probably isn't very good these days, especially if you're in the medical profession. But uh, but back in the day when you were a country doctor, I think uh, you might have been able to get away with it. But in principle, I love what he's saying, because it's like, you know, you really should be willing to do the stuff you're talking about. I like how you, you talked about exercise and stuff and so on. It's like, you know, I mean, we're, 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 we're loving to, to give. It's, and the same goes, you know, for, for, for parents and stuff, you know, kids are going to do what they see their parents doing. So if you're, you know, if you're giving advice, you know, try to try to be an example too, obviously, you know, they, they're probably, you know, it says do, do what I do or, or do what I say, not what I do. Right. That was an old saying, but really it doesn't work that way. I mean, your examples and the way that you live and your character speak much louder than your words do. And so oftentimes this is how like true saints or gurus or, you know, holy men or women will just, you know, they'll just move into a room and, and literally change people's vibrational level. Literally, like, you know, people like Yogananda and and even Kriyananda and um, Vivekananda and so on, and the different saints that, that, you know, Ramakrishna and so on, there's stories about how they would just, you know, they'd like touch people on the head and just blast them with you know, with, an, with enlightenment when they were ready. And, you know, th their being is so infused with intuitional energy and so infused with, with purity and concentration that they've worked out so many of their own issues within. And they're, 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 walking, they're walking their talk to such a degree that they're on another level. And when you get, you know, that's really the kind of thing that, you know, in terms of spiritual stuff, you know, we're all not going to be at that level, but shoot for that, you know, shoot for the, shoot for the high level, right? Shoot for being, you know, having that integrity and that, that character and that honesty and that clarity within and work out your own stuff before you, you know, you try to try to help others. And I mean, you know, and this reminds me of course of, uh, of AA and you know the program, you're not gonna, you know, be drinking and try to be someone's sponsor. You know, if you if you fall off the wagon, you've gotta you gotta get back and do the steps again, and you've gotta get sober again, and you gotta go through the whole process, right? And so it's like you know, you're not just oh, I'm gonna pretend like I'm I'm sober and I'm gonna show up for meetings and stuff. The whole thing revolves around integrity and honesty. You go in, you don't you know, you don't go in there. Um, you, you know what I'm saying? And that, that's, that's part that's why it's such a great program. It's like, it requires such this, this high level of integrity. Cause I mean, nobody knows if you, you know, as long as you don't stink of alcohol, if you go in there, you could have drank yesterday for all they know, but you know, most <clears throat> no. of the people are honest about it when they go in and they'll say, Hey, you know, I had a, I had a, I had a slip up or I fell off the wagon or whatever, you know, whatever you know, terminology they're using. Right. So. That's yeah, part of well, I, I've seen people use in the bathroom at a, at a meeting, so. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but they weren't allowed to share, and yes, yeah. they had to start over again from step yeah. one. That's what I'm uh, saying. But, it you know what? Happen. They were you, there, and that's there. at least showing up. Their that's body showed right? up, yeah. you know. Um, but no, you can't speak from 
you know, authority or I'm going to tell you what to do, tisk tisk. Yeah. And I'm not um, saying, when, I'm, look, when, we're yeah. all going to slip up. That's that, My point is not that you got to be perfect. My point is that you have the integrity to stick with it, be honest about it, and, and keep and keep with it, right, to the best of your And get ability. back on track. And get that's back on the, track. That's that's, well, that's one version about. of meditation, I think, in your book, to give a little callback, is that, you know, you if you divert from, say, like the mantra, the single point meditation or something, if you catch mm-hmm. yourself, oh, my God, it was drifting. My mind was going off in outer space, and I was not thinking about what I should have been. It's at that moment you realize, oh, my gosh, I was off track, and then you put yourself on track again. That's, exactly. That's a very present moment thing to do. Yeah. And it's not bad necessarily that you went off track. The value is in realizing you went off track and getting yourself back to your center. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, kind of getting back to the sort of core of some of the things Manly Hall was talking about, um, because I just want to kind of, we'll probably wrap this up pretty shortly. But uh, one thing that this stuck out, this is towards the end of the book. I just want to read this this little section. So we must view our lives as dedicated to the revelation of the internal and the eternal, the internal and the eternal. If we so live, we can trust our intuition. But if we go on intuiting on the one hand and pestering and plaguing on the other, something is not right. And our penalty will be self-deception. And that's where it's like, you know, uh, walking your talk comes into comes into play and testing out those things you're saying, you know, and that's where that integrity is. And, you know, if you really genuinely do want to share information, know what the hell you're talking about, you know, come from a place where you've, you know, where you've, where you've done that work. And, you know, and I, I again, you know, I'm not, you know, I, I, I my, like, for example, with, with, with my meditation book, you know, I'm not like, you know, a monk or something. But I've done enough meditation and I've struggled with the issues that other people have struggled with and I've overcome some of them and I've made some progress in those areas and some areas you know, I'm still working on. But, you know, what, what I have learned, you know, I share, I do share in the book and, um, you know, it comes from personal experience. And, you know, meditation for me was something that really helped me, have, you know, when I was speaking of sobriety, when I was, when I was getting sober and so on and getting through some, some anxiety and some depression and so on at different times in my life. So, you know, and it, it's worked. So I can authentically share that information from a space that, you know, it's, I have gnosis in other words, you know, I have an, an experiential knowledge of that information and of that, that, that particular practice, how it works and how it's helped me. I'm not theorizing about it. You know, it's not something I heard. It's not something I'm telling people that I don't do myself. Right. So, you know, we've, we've, we've all got that kind of stuff where we have that high level of integrity and knowledge and understanding and and quote unquote, gnosis, experiential knowledge of it. And that is really the kind of, that's the, the internal eternal stuff that we possess that becomes like, it becomes ensouled. You know, man, they all like to use that word and you, you bring that up a lot. And I love that word in sold. It becomes a part of us. And it's almost as if I feel that's the kind of stuff that we carry over into a next life. You know, it's this it's those things that really become ensouled in us. And it's you know, you can see certain people that are just born that certain have certain qualities to them. That's just there from the very beginning, even when they're a baby. 
And it's, I think it's those things that you truly, you know, really have that knowledge and that experiential kind of, I don't, I don't know how to put it. You, you know what I'm saying? It goes beyond knowing it. It's like, it's something that you embody and you really, you know, and again, it's, it's, it goes beyond the body, it goes into a spiritual level with you. You have, you know what I'm saying? It's beyond the body, beyond the mind, as the yeah. title states. And it is in this place that it, it maybe transcends the world or like you said, even a lifespan. Uh, to I think know, it does. future yeah. lives that it that that's maybe what remains that's part of our you know, infinite um, our immortal uh, part of ourselves that uh, can transmigrate and and do all these things and it brings up really the the question or, or really the topic of well what is this intuition what mm -hmm. is this source of knowledge this reservoir of, of knowing that's not from the book it's not from the news it's not from history or opinion it's somehow sourced from a different place than you can maybe even see touch or feel but you can access you know there's this notion of the akashic records you know that the sum total of you know all the knowledge and wisdom of all the ages uh, past present and future mm -hmm. uh, is in some you know, on some radio station or whatever that you can tune your frequency in uh, somehow through, you know, meditation, discipline, practice, um, and get to this and just get in tune uh, with in invention, with discovery, with insight and solution uh, that wouldn't have come otherwise and maybe impossible to explain how you got it or whatever image came and why this image came through in a dream and how that showed up in your life the next day and it was true and you know so it, it is in this mysterious mystical part um, but I think to you know to really access that requires a letting go of in some ways what you do know through mm -hmm. your mind yeah or at least putting that on the side and don't yeah. question it or test it. And also your emotions. This, the style at which you're going to approach this internal wisdom it can't be manipulative or petty or be retaliatory for some grievance. Yeah, or, exactly. That's looking at your you own know, motivations, isn't it, before you, you do yeah. something. Yeah. Well, those, those are just roadblocks to your own discovery is yeah, kind of yourself, sure. <laughs> you know? Uh -huh. uh, maybe your best thinking is what got you here and maybe maybe just put that on the sidelines not that it was all wrong it was the best that you could with the wisdom of the mind in the world but we are talking about wisdom beyond the mind so to get beyond the mind you might have to just and i might i'm saying that <laughs> rather strongly mm -hmm. um put aside for the moment everything you think you know because it it's not that it's wrong. It may just be inadequate. It may not tell the entire story. And to relax from that, and you know, of course, meditation is a great, uh, that'd be a great thing to come up with a meditation for uh, intuition. Maybe, yeah. you, maybe you have one. Um, and, and to really put yourself out of the way and let this really come in. Um, yeah. Well, it has to be, and I think that you, you, I think that's you hit the nail on the head when you said that to kind of get 
get out of the way and let it come in. It's, it's, you know, it's more of an allowing. It's almost like the idea of grace. It's something that, you know, it's beyond yourself and it comes and it comes in, it's a gift, you know? And so if you're kind of forcing stuff or it seems like, you know, you want to push something in the right or you know, in a particular direction, or you've got some motivations because you want to be some, you know, uh, big spiritual teacher that has all these fans and you want to do all this stuff or, you, you know, it's, it's something, you know, if there's, if there's a sort of a, uh, an ego, ego based motivation behind it, there's a good chance that, you know, that's not necessarily intuition. Although the, you know, those things that they, they may, you know, you may just, you may be on the right track, but really what to get the, I think the clear, true intuitions, the way to, to do that is to get, let go of the desires, let go of the, what you think is going to happen and allow things in. And that's where, you know, prayer, you know, or if you pray for guidance and wisdom, you know, and then you meditate and listen for the answers to those prayers, that's where prayer and, and meditation can work together. Um, you know, and to, to really be receptive and open and listen, you know, to what's going on inside and, and watch your dreams. You know, we talk about that a lot in the show, but really watch your dreams. A lot of this stuff will come through dreams. And if you've got these recurring themes and symbols that seem to come up in dream after dream, there's definitely something there. Write them down. You know, have a notebook by your desk. And even if you're not an expert dream analyst, if you look at them, in, you know, over a week or two weeks or three weeks or a month or multiple months and begin to see themes, you might find one of the symbols, a variation on a symbol that finally makes sense. And it's like, oh, that's what that's what, the, you know, the unconscious is trying to tell me. That's what, you know, the divine mind is trying to work through and, and tell me. Because oftentimes, you know, look at the Bible, look at the you know, different sacred stories around the world, you know, most often visions come in sort of in, in dream-like ways or, or outright dreams. So that's one place we can really watch and find and find our intuitions. And if, you know, we have an intuition or a hunch, then then we have a dream that completely contradicts that. We've really got to take a look at it, you know, because the, the conscious mind cooks stuff up that it wants. And then the unconscious mind tries to check us and I would argue that the unconscious mind, even though it's speaking its own language and it's symbolic and it's hard to understand at times and it seems crazy and nonsensical the way that it presents information, is wise beyond the conscious mind when you understand it and you know how to listen to it. So those are a couple of things. Do you want to kind of wrap up uh, any thoughts that you have um, that maybe we didn't get to cover? Well, continuing on with this symbolic nature. Uh, yeah, please an intuitive insight or a dream image or scenario that you're, you know, find yourself involved with in this little movie that plays when you're asleep at night and what little piece, what fragment you can remember in the morning. And that's great having a pen by the bed and get in the habit of doing it more makes more. You kind of train yourself to remember uh, because you're writing it down. Um, and the symbolism might be really weird. I mean, it may just, you know, gosh, I was in a covered wagon and, you know, we had the dog and the kids and we were heading west and it was raining and, you know, the tire fell off and, you know, we were stuck in a rut, literally. <laughs> you know, what's that? Um, 
you're not going to go get a covered wagon and, you know, get on the Oregon Trail. It's not a literal one-to-one thing. But what is that like? So you have to look at analogy. This reminds me of, oh, it's going to point to something else. It's not going to be about a covered wagon necessarily, uh, but it's going to be about maybe an adventure uh, or the perils, or uh, maybe it's worth the risk. Yeah, we got a bad wheel falling off in the, in the middle of Kansas, and you know we've got miles to go to California. And um, but maybe that's uh, maybe that's telling you that the journey that you're on right now. Well, maybe you are having a hard time. Maybe this is a difficult thing. But the dream might help you see that. Oh, well, maybe this is just a broken wheel that we'll pause, we'll fix. But we have this larger dream of heading west. And whatever that is, whatever now version of that is in your life, it may show you something. So and that's also, you know, what Paul is talking about with discipline and training. Um, you're, you know, training, like you're saying about training your ability to remember your dreams, but also this uh, interpretation of symbolism. You know, it's easy to get a book of symbols and say, well, this means this and then this means that. And yeah. There's a lot of consistency throughout history and, and cultures that use similar symbols for similar types of things. But the real important thing is, what does it mean to you now in your life? Yeah, exactly. And that's something you can also get better at. And it's really an interesting thing, you know, when you start developing this symbolic sight. Mm -hmm. uh, they say symbol is the language of spirit. Um, and you can get better at it. And it's kind of fun. Uh, than to see, oh my gosh, this is kind of like that. And this, oh, sometimes the weirdest thing could be a passage in the newspaper or a billboard when you're driving and go, ah, you know, that reminds me of, you know, what I need to do, you know, to help my business because you're seeing connections. You're, and that's intuition. That's beyond the mind. That's not just what's on the page. That's lifting up and seeing the spirit of the word. Yeah. And what it really yeah. means to you. Well, symbol, especially symbols and, and dreams, because, you know, we, that's something, you know, we don't create our dreams. I mean, we, we, we do, I mean, we experience them. They're inside of us. You know, we, we, we experience them as we sleep, but we don't, we don't create them per se. It's like, it's not as if, you know, you're going to lay down tonight and go, I want to dream about dolphins and, you know, and, uh, you know, jet skis and, you know, going to Miami and whatever. I mean, it, it, every once in a while that may, may happen. And, you know, people talk about lucid dreaming and things like that. I'm talking about that. But, um, but in terms of like your, your dream life and the dreams that naturally occur and unfold, there's a, you know, there's a dream making, you know, faculty within us that is beyond our control, our conscious control. And so, you know, that, that is, that is wisdom beyond the mind as it were, you know, cause really getting beyond the mind really means getting beyond the conscious mind. Uh, you know, and that's really what he's talking about in a lot of ways. And so, you know, those dreams are something that are beyond the conscious mind. So it's something to look at. I highly recommend, we've talked about this work before in several episodes, Robert Johnson's book, uh, inner work is an excellent, very accessible and, easy read uh it's, it's it has a lot of information about dream work and, and different things you can do to to work on and embody and experience dream dreams in a, in a different way and symbols uh, so i highly recommend that work robert johnson 
inner work. Uh, I think that's going to do it for us. We're at close to an hour. So we're going to wrap it up here. I'm going to uh, end this with the last paragraph of this book because I, I really enjoy this. I think it's an, a wonderful summary of this whole whole thing we've been talking about. Uh, Manley Hall says, by continual thoughtful study of ourselves and with a real determination to escape from this smaller self into the greater and universal sense of our reality, we can test our intuition, cause it to grow, until finally it will give us the full right to live as the divine plan intended us to live. This is the greatest and truest right that any human being can enjoy. So really, that's what we're working for. That's the level of import that, you know, that understanding intuition is all about. And, you know, don't, don't get us wrong in, you know, in saying, you know, I'm trying to, you know, don't, don't, I always say we're not down on intuition by any means. Just, just weigh it out, test it, you know, get to know what it is, apply it, you know, kind of get feedback on your intuitions. And as, you know, you'll get better and better at trusting it and making sure, you know, and discerning between what's imagination and what's intuition. So that's my little two cents at the end for them. Uh, you're good, right? I mean, you're pretty much yeah. wrapped up. Okay, perfect. I think you you said it. Put a All nice right. point on I it. I think we're there. All right, we put <laughs> All right. we put we put we put the pencil back in the sharpener. Put a nice point on it. There it is. Yes. There's a, there's an old reference for you. A pencil sharpener. How do you like that? Uh, Man, if any of you kids listening, I guarantee you've never had a pencil sharpener in your classroom. <laughs> and you're you're lucky. All right, so that's gonna do it. Thank you for listening. Um, check out. Uh, Wisdom Beyond the Mind, Manly Hall. Uh, you can get that on Amazon. There's probably uh, pamphlets out there too, online, PDFs and so on. Do your do your research, Google it. Uh, Wisdom Beyond the Mind. Uh, or you can get the full lecture series, Search for Reality, I'm sure of it. I'm sure that's on Amazon as well by Manly Hall. Uh, so I am Jason Napolitano. My book is If You Can Worry, You Can Meditate. Chris's book is The Spirit and the Sky. Uh, you know, please support us if you can by purchasing our books. That really helps us and helps to keep the show going. And if you can also uh, support us financially uh, at anchor.fm slash cosmic eye, we would greatly appreciate it. And we can get this work out there to other people and continue to try to, you know, raise the consciousness and, you know, help, help, uh, help the world move forward as best we can, you know, in our own little way. Uh, so, again, thank you for joining us. Uh, join us Friday for our Emmett Fox show. Uh, take care of yourselves out there. Have a great week. Goodbye and God bless.